0: And I can get to the point where I get so focused. I literally forget about time. I forget about the rest of the world. I'm just with my writing and my story. And um, I think that transmuted a certain skill with people because I can be with people and totally forget that we're even in a public environment. And like, it it's not that I forget. It's like, it just doesn't matter anymore. And so I would agree. It is a form of love because to me, that is the most powerful way you can really be with somebody is to be fully with them 100 and what a greater gift you could ever give somebody or somebody could give you to literally be there as fully as possible with you for at least a moment
1: this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art
0: people, welcome, 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 welcome to way of the artist podcast today, Kevin and I are doing something a little bit strange, a little (laughs) bit different. (laughs) We, when we have guests on the podcast, we usually ask them questions at some point during the conversation, and we have this list of questions and people have asked us many times, do you guys ever answer those questions? (laughs) What would your answers be? You should do an episode where you guys answer those questions. We'd like to know what you think. And so we decided, you know what? It's come to that time. We shall now answer the questions. And I think this will be interesting. Uh, You know, it's, uh, I I, honestly, I don't even, I have no idea what I'm going to answer. I haven't thought about it at all. Uh, You know, and and even now, as I'm kind of remembering the questions that my mind's scrambling a little, but I'm going to let that go. (laughs) and just try to answer in the moment and see, and see what comes up. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're doing. We have these seven questions or so that we, we always ask our guests, we're going to get into them ourselves. We're going to share a little bit of maybe our insights and, and thoughts on things in the way we perceive life and artistry and that. And yeah. So if, uh, if you've, if this is your first episode, you've entered on a different one, but if this has been a show that you've been listening to for a while, um, you know, we wanted to open up to you guys and, and actually check in with ourselves and just see like start of a new year. Let's get into it. So what do you got to say, Evan? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, no, I, I think you set that up, uh, that set that up very nicely. And, and I think like, cause this is something that's been been cooking for a while i guess because it's been mentioned by a few people so but it, it i haven't really given it too much thought i've i've it, it's been in operation a little bit in the background so but for the most part we're kind of because we never tell our guests what these questions are we usually like give them a heads up that yeah we've got these same questions and we always ask your guests these same same questions like kind of at the end of the podcast um so uh I guess there's been a little bit of background, but everyone's always had to like just hear the question for the first time and and usually you hear people being like, Oh god. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it all it always works out. Um so how about why don't we just first start off? Let's just let's just list off what all the questions are and then so everyone kinda knows where we're going with it, if you've never heard us like heard the podcast with our guests where we asked them that question, these questions. So maybe let's just start off by like listing out what all those questions are, and then we'll, we'll pick them off, uh, one by one. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right. Um, so the first question, uh, to my memory, um, is what book, correct? It's what I think it's, we go book first. So it's what book. Has had the uh what is the most important book you've ever yeah. read? Good yeah. one, Evan. You got yeah. that out. <laughs> I know it took a while there. I was just like, because so we, we 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 word each one a, like a little talk? bit differently. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, if you got them right in front of you, go for it. <laughs>
0: okay. Uh so that's the first question. What's the most important book that you've ever read? Question two. What film has had the greatest impact on you? Question three. What's a song or album that takes you somewhere? Question four, where do you think creativity comes from? Question five, how do you find inspiration? Question six, what's the one thing you would tell your childhood self? And question seven, what's the one thing your future self would tell you today?
1: Okay, those are pretty all good right. questions. You know, they're pretty good. I, I, yeah, I, they... I like these questions that we've we've sort of put together. You know, because like you know, we're all about artistry, so we 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 we've got some stuff that has to do with uh, you know different types of art forms and mediums that uh, we people you know we commonly ingest and and diving a little bit deeper. I, I I feel good about these questions.
0: Yeah, I feel <laughs> good about them too. Again.
1: You know, by the way, for those of you out there and uh, if you're
0: if you're going on a date or maybe you've just been with your partner for a while, these are great questions to ask your partner or the date that you're on. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things is uh something I learned very early on before we get into this is that you know it's actually something my dad said to me at one point and I still believe it to be one of the most truthful statements i ever heard which is that the best the greatest people ask the greatest questions and i really think that's true because questions are the they are the pathway into the into the mind into the psyche into you know um they're just they they can open up doors so when you ask questions try to ask questions that that get people to think that get people to look in that get people to explore um you know, uh, I'll tell you something, just as we start this podcast episode, I went on a date the other night, and it was really nice. But, you know, it's a certain point, we we're just talking, and then they mentioned something about some exes, sometimes that happens when you go on a date. And I said, Well, why? Why are you single? And it opened up some really interesting, amazing conversation. And And then she returned the question, why are you single? And, you know, and that got us into a whole new realm of connection that just that question. And it's insightful because, you know, as you're, you know, entertaining, dating somebody, or just going on a date and getting to know someone, you know, if, if we're, if we're such good catches, <laughs> why are we single? And, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe that exposes why we're not, but maybe it, it, also uh maybe it exposes how our values align and, um, you know, and that, Maybe our thoughts on partners and dating and things like that. So anyway, as, as we open this, uh, open this up, I mean, we're doing this in, in the realm of, we kind of always do this under the filter of being an artist, but I, but I've come to find that as we've done this podcast, Evan, artistry and life hold very, they hold intimate hands, you know? Oh Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and so sometimes yeah, I think sure. a lot of, a lot of people, they think, oh, I'm not, I'm not an artist. I'm not in the arts. It doesn't really matter. There's an art to life. And we do explore a little bit of the science, the the kind of math, the, the practicality of life as well. But I think one of the interesting things to explore in all of this is like, where, what is the art? Where does this come from? You know, what's, what's, what's inside of you that frames or filters the way you look at the world? And sometimes looking at books and movies is a great way. Um, music, all of this stuff and other things. So, yeah. Well, hey, man, I'm going to give you the question first. All right. <laughs> so question one, Evan, are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's okay. do it. Let's do it. What's the most so, important book you've ever read? So this is one of those ones that I'm like, I, I pretty like have a, I'm like, yeah. I, uh, this is a book that just—it always jumps to mind, and uh, is one that I come back to, and I refer to it quite often. And I've read many, many fantastic books, um, and and ones that would I would sort of probably overcomplicate things by saying like, well, no, maybe that that's the most, but no, like I I the most important book I have ever read in my life. Um, is the Laws of Spirit by Dan Millman. Hmm. Uh, that's a book that, at the time it came to me, which was in my early twenties, um, and and just sort of how it ended up in my hands, it it was one of those things that it just like it felt like, it it just felt like it was this sort of faded, uh, this faded uh what's what's the word I'm looking for? just this coming together, you know it was like this this book and me just came together at a certain time at a certain place that was just like this was always gonna happen like and it was a book that that really opened my eyes to an entirely different way of viewing life like it just it just opened the, the doors to, to a new understanding of myself, um, and, and about life. And it has sent me down, um, a path. It, it opened up a path for me, um, essentially like an internal sort of journey that, um, I didn't necessarily know that I was on. Um, but it's definitely, it's like, it's a part of me. Um, and it's a book that also like every single time I pick it up and read it again, cause it's a short book. It's like, it's a very easy book to pick up and read. And, and I've bought copies of it in the past and given it to people. And, and I've always had like people be like, wow, this was a really terrific book. Like, thank you so much. Like I've never had anyone have a negative reaction to the book, um, but every time i pick it up and read it again there, i i get something new out of it there's some there's there's it's such a a simple book in many ways like it's not a hard book to read it's it's not using incredibly complicated language or anything but it's presenting very big and complicated ideas um in a very accessible way and but it's packed at the same time because there's like different parts of it that will suddenly jump out. And you're just like, Oh, I never noticed this part of it before. There was always this part of it that I picked out of it. And now it's this thing that's speaking to me. So it's, um, it's an extraordinary book. The laws of spirit, Dan Millman, most important book I've ever read for mm-hmm. sure. Um, so uh, I don't know if you have any comments or do you, or do you want to well, counter with, with, counter. with yours? <laughs>
0: That's not the best. Yeah. No,
1: uh, I love that book.
0: I really love it. I mean, you actually loaned that one to me, and uh, it's it's one I've been meaning to get a copy of myself. I, like, you know, if there's like a recommended reading list that I would give to people, that that would be on the list. It's definitely a top book. I'm I'm, you know, I do I do love that you chose that one. It's uh, it was very important to me as well. I mean, you know, it's uh, it's a great book. I. I guess the book for me, that's, that's probably the most important book for me. It's hard because I have a lot of books and this is a really difficult question. And there's been so many different ways in which books have helped me, but I would say that think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill has probably been one of the most important books I've ever read because what that book taught me was how powerful my focus and ability to create the world I want and the life I want is possible. And if I'm willing to do the work and, and just like, literally just pick up this book, like you can get it for so cheap. It's, it's so available. There's been so many copies. Just go to used bookstore. You'll probably find it and you can get it for, for just a few dollars. Um, and if you buy it new, you can get paperback for like almost nothing. This is a must read book for everybody out there. Like honestly will change your life. The thing is Napoleon Hill went out and interviewed all these people. And he gathered all this information, then he put this book together. And I think when, when you're thinking about growing rich, it's not necessarily about money and finances. It's about being wealthy in life. And I've, I've used some of the tools in that book and they're like magic when I apply them. And I, I often ask myself, why don't you just focus on think and grow rich? Like whenever Mm. I'm struggling, why don't you just go back to that? You know, it has, it really Mm. has like kind of all the answers to every problem you really, you really have on a very fundamental level. Um, I think the reason why it's so powerful to me is because what Napoleon Hill, I think figured out was how powerful our minds are. And how underused are how how underused they are, and how we kind of overlook what we're capable of actually accessing in our life. And for me, when I was in, uh, I mean, not to, not to get too much into detail, but like when I was in in high school, like I mean, teachers thought I was dumb, students like. Other kids kind of rejected me. I was a bit bullied. You know, I was doing pretty well in sports and stuff. I had these things that were going for me. But, like, I think everybody just kind of, like, overlooked me. And I I was just kind of like this outsider. And then when I kind of got out of high school, like, right around near the end of high school, I started to kind of find my stride. But I was doing it kind of in private. And I think it was probably, you know, early teens, like I kind of graduated and I read this book and I just realized like, man, you can be whoever you want to be, man. You are infinitely possible. And like, you just make a decision and you commit to it and you go for it and you can have whatever you want. And I, I went from being this kind of guy that was just super shy and, and like outsider and, you know, and, and. I went and i i like i figured out how to get into ubc which was extremely difficult especially for a student that had like low grades like me i just went to college i got a's and everything i figured out how to be a smart student i picked up books started reading books i just i just started talking to girls i didn't care like i just said i don't care if i'm scared just go and talk to this person and i, and I just decided that I was going to be who I wanted to be. I got into an acting career. I booked roles on television and commercials. I did everything that no one ever thought I could do. And I attribute this book because you just put your mind towards something, man. And if you really commit to it, you could do anything. And, um, you know, it actually inspires me to reread it again, because I think it's one of those books that like, it's just sitting there and so many people have never read it. And I think, it's one of those things just just grab that book read that book you know it will do so much for you and if you apply it like it is like magic it really is like magic and mm. and now i'm
1: talking about i need to reread it again <laughs> and i'm embarrassed to say that i haven't read it so oh, i'm one of those Get people that and yeah. i know you've mentioned it numerous times how great a book it is and and it it is one of those books that so many people refer to you know it's like it was a thing that that started a whole um kind of change in consciousness um, it really did yeah. to to uh to a large extent and especially particularly in the western world right um and uh you know it's like a, a, and just some of the things that you were saying it it made me think of something i remember hearing um from a video uh i, I saw sad guru talking about um basically saying that like Almost all of our mental distress, you know, like mental illness that, or like common mental illness that, that we have in the world, uh, he said like boils down to you're using your intelligence against you. You're using your intelligence against yourself. And, you know, I haven't read the book, but from some of what you were saying, it's like, this is a book that teaches you how to use your intelligence to work for you, not, not against you. Um, so I will definitely be keeping an eye out for a copy of, of that one so I can give it a read for myself because, uh, it, it seems like it's probably a book that, uh, mm-hmm. that would probably be very, very helpful. I think, yeah. Yeah. I, think you'll, I think you'll appreciate so. it. It's one of those
0: things. It's like, uh, actually, one, one, uh, one kind of coach I had for a little while, like he read that book, I think every week for a year, he read it like 50 times or something. Oh, wow. Over the course of a year. And, uh, I mean, he's super successful and, you know, and it just, 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 you know, it's one of those things, just keep going back to the, a lot of the things, like a lot of the things in life, they come down to these very simple, basic principles. And if you build out from them, you can, there's a lot more to do, but when we're not sound on, on very principle levels and we undermine our ability to use our minds and use our, you know, I've taken ourselves. Further, you know, like like Laws of Spirit to me was a is a great book because it takes some of these principles you'll learn in in Think and Grow Rich, and it actually it just takes them even further in a way. Like a lot of things you'll find are, are based on some of the principles you learned in Think and Grow Rich because
1: mm.
0: you know, and it's not all about money. I think the other thing too is I just want to you know if if, if people are going out to read this book, like yeah, maybe it will help you make money. I mean, it help me, but like. It doesn't have to be used for just that reason. Rich is not just money; it's 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 wealth in relationships, wealth in personal growth and in in all sorts of things. So, yeah, you know, spirituality, whatever it might be. But your mind is powerful, and it's probably being underused. And yeah, so this might help clarify. But I love right. it. Right.
1: Well, let's um, let's just flip it around and and sure. uh, and and especially. I think that it's appropriate that you kick this one off. So Brandon, what film has had the greatest impact on you? Ah,
0: mm-hmm. oh, man, you know, you know, I love film. <laughs> so. <Can> I give <laughs> That's you where t- we
1: both came, you know, like for, for <laughs> anyone who's listening, like film is very much for both Brandon and myself, um, is really like, uh, sort of an, an initiator to, yeah. to our sort of, artistic careers like i always wanted to be an actor and brandon got into it being a filmmaker and then got into acting and we that's how we we met each other was through acting um and then Brandon's done script writing i've dabbled in some screenwriting too i'm all right um but uh you know film is uh definitely a big a big part of um of our lives and where we come from so uh yeah it's a big question for us i guess it is. It's it's challenging. I mean,
0: you know, the thing with film for me is like my, I've changed. And, and that's the thing about film is like at one point in your life, film, a certain film might be really important. And then another point, another film is really important to you. And, um, but I would say that if I was going to say the most impactful film and I was just to like pick one out of the air, I think you probably know what I'm going to say. I would have to say Fight Club because It was just, it was such a, it like rocked me. Like I walked out of that theater after I saw the movie and I was just like, what the hell just happened? (laughs) Like, I didn't even know if I liked it or not. Like I was just like, I mean, it was good, but it was like, what happened? And it wasn't for like another couple weeks until I started to realize, I remember I talked to my friend, Steve about it and he was like, that movie was good. Wasn't it? I was like, yeah, it really was. And I just kind of, and then after that, like, I just remember being like, wow, like that was such a good movie. And I think the thing I love about that movie without ruining it for anybody who hasn't seen it, um, is that this battle between the ego and our true self is such a it's 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 such a battle that we have to face in life you know and that movie was done so perfectly for me because it showed me there's this like there's this like ideal that i want to be there's this thing that i'm trying to like you know live up to or something and It might not have my best interests in mind. And then there's this, there's this real me who probably never feels like it matches up to that version of the ego, that version of, you know, what I should be or could be or whatever. And it's struggling with realizing why it matters and why it's, why it's valuable. And, and the, as, as, glamorous and glorious as the ego can kind of make you feel when you're like living in it and letting it run the show, it might be leading to your self-destruction. And so it's like so much of that movie is about this kind of self-destruction to like, find yourself. And I suppose also in the time of my life, I was, I think I was 16 when I saw it and my parents had gone through a divorce. I had recently kind of lost my best friend because like he was kind of being, you know, accepted into the cool group and I just wasn't cool enough, I guess. And, you know, and we were kind of just drifting apart and it was really hard. And uh, my parents had divorced and, and we had lost all our money. Like we were like millionaires and we'd lost everything. And, my brothers had gone off. My one brother had gone off to the other side of the country to work. My other brother had gone to the island to go to university. And I was just kind of alone. And I was with my parents who were like fighting and and just everything had changed. And I was just walking around for that time, just being like, what, like, what is going on? Like this whole world that I thought I knew is just blown up. And then I see this movie where the beginning of the movie, his whole apartment is blown up. It's just like, and it's so... It was so like, here's life as you think it is, and then get rid of all that. And then here, now you're in this world and now what are you going to do? And what's that, what's that going to be? And every time i rewatch that movie, there's like another level of profound understanding I have in it. Um, and I read the book too, which is a great book as well. Uh, but yeah, I have to say that's probably been the most impactful because I think I think what it does is the one movie that actually talks about the ego death Mm -hmm. in a, in a dramatic, dramaticized way. Like it's just like, it brings you into an experience. And if you're open to it and you're willing to think about it, it's, it's really, really well done. Well acted, well directed. Everything's great about it. But by the way, it bombed in the box office. It became a cult classic later. So there's also this kind of, point of pride where I was one of the few people that recognized that it was genius before everyone else caught on. And I think, (laughs) I think, I think I kind of
1: love that. So anyway, I'll say that's my my movie. No, it's, it's, it's a terrific film. It was also ripped apart by uh, many of the critics too at the time. And I still hear comments from people being, you know, who, who slam it for certain things. And, and that make me go, I don't think you really understand what this movie is. You know, because like I, I, you know, you hear sometimes people will say it's like, oh, it glorifies this kind of violent behavior. It, it, you know, and it's like it really doesn't like it really like. How can you get to the end of that movie and and think that it's it's saying like, hey, yeah, all this kind of behavior is totally OK, right? Like for me, it's so much about repression and people so becoming so distant from themselves because of the the culture and the society that we live in and you know spoiler alert to anyone who hasn't seen it so (laughs) you should really see this movie but i mean like you know by the end of the movie like they're like the this destructive element has to be destroyed itself right like it it comes out because it's been because of this repression and then it has to be it, it has to it has to be destroyed because it is too destructive right like yeah. there's so much that's going on in the it, like you said like there's so much stuff going on in this story um and its messages and, and it is it's a it's a brilliant movie uh, a fantastically made film from the script to the direction to the acting to the cinematography like it's it's a phenomenal piece of work they don't make them like that anymore (laughs) and um and and there's nothing else like it i can't think of another movie that i've ever seen that is like fight club so uh i'm i'm you know, not that you need my seal approval on your pick, but uh, <laughs> I sure but don't, Evan. I. No. But we could go on and on. I mean,
0: we could do a whole we could. probably episode just on that. And I mean, uh, it, it's it's a really good movie. I mean, uh, that's yeah. what I'll say. So let me let me turn it around to you um, because I won't stop talking about that one. <laughs>
1: um.
0: So yeah, what movie has had
1: the greatest impact on you, Evan? Oh man. Well, you know, like I I always sort of go around. And I tell people that my favorite movie that my favorite movie is Almost Famous. And I, 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 I'm going to stand by that because it's just this movie because sometimes a favorite movie isn't necessarily the movie that's had the most impact on you, right? Like it's definitely a movie that's had an impact on me. There's so much about it that speaks to, um, that speaks to me. Um, and it's, there's this sort of dreamlike escape quality because of the time and the era that it takes place in. And and it's also incredible storytelling. There's incredible, beautiful messages to it and all of that stuff. But for some reason, it's not the movie that I'm, I, I'm going to say has had the greatest impact on me. Uh, and so this might seem like a little bit of an unoriginal pick, (laughs) for for this but the film that i feel has had the greatest impact on me is probably the shawshank redemption
0: Mm -hmm.
1: i remember watching this movie i was you know i never saw it in theater i was too young i think to see it in in theater and it was just one of those movies that i hadn't seen and a friend was just like you haven't seen the shawshank redemption and i was like in a you know like a in like a store you know, at the time when DVD sales and there was no streaming platforms or anything like that. And so there was the Shawshank Redemption sitting on a, on a shelf DVD for like $8 or something like that. And I, and I had just gotten a DVD player, like not long ago, I didn't have very many. And my friend was just like, just buy it. He was just like, just buy it right now. Like, like I'm not, I'm not even concerned for a second. You just buy it and you watch it. So I bought it, I watched it that night by myself, um, and it just, like, I don't even, I I, I can't even necessarily rationalize it, you know, I'm sure we could probably go into it and, and rationalize it, but there was just, by the end of that movie, it was just like the feeling that I had by the end of that movie was just like, I actually feel emotional about it right now. Like, I don't know why, but I'm just like, it's just, (laughs) it's just like one of the most fucking beautiful, incredible stories that I've ever seen. And the way that it was, it was, it was made and put together. and, And again, like the acting and the, and the direction, it's just incredible filmmaking, incredible storytelling. It's so human. It just, it just reaches into your, into your, heart and it tugs at at everything you know and um and it which is so bizarre because it's a it's a story about people in prison Mm -hmm. you know and i'm like i i don't know anything about that i don't know anything about what that would be like but there's something still that's just so related relatable and and that you can connect to um And it's just, yeah, like it's just, it was, I remember just being so exhilarated watching that movie and especially as it gets into its third act, you know, like, and I was just like, I remember like actually like gasping out loud at certain things. And I was just like, Oh my God. Like, just like, (laughs) I was so like, it was just one of the most exhilarating movies I've ever watched. Um, Uh, And it's exhilarating on on every level that you can can imagine. So, um, you know, I if Almost Famous is my favorite movie of all time. I mean, Shawshank is a close second Mm -hmm. to it. Um, But as far as impact, I feel like it's just it's it's a movie that I just it just pops into my mind as being like, oh, I like I just remember so vividly the experience of the first time I saw that movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's well, you know, I, I do too. I mean, I remember like, I'll just share this real quick. I remember um, I was at my friend's mom, mom's place. And we were like 13, 12, 13, 14, somewhere around there, 13. I don't know. And we, uh, his mom was like, yeah, you guys, it's a good movie. You should watch it. And we sat down and watched it. We were just like blown away. We I, I still remember that day. I remember everything about that day. Like does that, that it's sometimes movies just do that. They have this like, especially when you go into a movie where you don't know what you're even getting into. And then it just turns out to be like, it just turns out to be something so much more than you even thought you were getting into. Like,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's just, that's a great movie. It's a great. Oh yeah. Yeah. The score as well. The score in that, in that movie is just incredible. Anyhow. (laughs) All right. Okay. Uh, Let's move on. Next question. All right, so next question, this one
0: begins with you, and it's probably good that it does. Um, (laughs) What's a song or an album that takes you somewhere?
1: Yeah, this is, for me, this is like the trickiest one of, this is the trickiest one of all. Oh, man. Like, oof. I'm going to, you know what? we always encourage our guests to do this. So I'm just going to go with like the things that just jump into my mind. Um, you know, for songs, cause like I've got songs and albums both kind of just jumping in there. Um, and there's two songs that come to mind. One is Bring It On Home by Led Zeppelin there's just something about that song that just like that just fucking winds me up (laughs) in the best possible way. It's just, it's, it's just pure. It's just pure fire, you know? And I don't mean that in like the, you know, in the way that we say it's like, it's like, that's fire. It's just like the song is, is just pure fire. Mm -hmm. Like it's, um, that's the feeling that it just, it just gives me when I hear it. Um, and then in a weird sort of juxtaposition to that um the scientist by coldplay is just maybe one of the most absolutely beautiful songs that i can think of you know to listen to it's just it's it's just an incredible song um and then this one kind of surprises me in a way. But um, there's an album by Neil Young called On the Beach. Uh, and front to back, like, you just sit down and listen to that album from start to finish. And you, f- for me, it feels like really taking a a journey, like entering into the soul and mind of, of a person at, at a certain moment in their, in their life, Mm. you know, like at this moment in time, it's like you just go into all of the, the life and what was going on with, with him at a certain moment. And there's just some incredible, some just incredible songs in there. And on the beach is not one of the albums that Neil Young is most, known for i i know a lot of people because like that's an album that's not even in in my generation you know it's like that's my parents generation <laughs> and i remember talking about this with my dad it's like oh yeah his on the beach album and my dad just kind of like furrowing his brow a little bit like on the beach and i'm just like yeah like <laughs> like that that album came out like right when you were at the perfect sort of age for it. And it's just one of these ones that a lot of people, uh, don't know about from him, but it's, um, but it's incredible. Yeah. It's an incredible album, beautiful, beautiful, soulful, um, songwriting that, that really does just take you on a whole on a, like you, you feel like you're just going through this journey, this story, um, throughout throughout it so uh yeah that's Hmm. my answer that's the I know I gave a couple there but I felt like I had to say all of them so music's a hard one for me I mean I love music but I I always
0: blank when I'm thinking about like oh like what's that song or who's that artist or what's that album called I can never remember which always makes me a little bit like I, 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 I always find it hard when people ask me like what kind of music you like or what's your favorite songs or whatever. I'm just like, ah, I don't know. I like a lot of different stuff. So for me, like um, I'm very like, I'm not like someone who just listens to like one type of music. I like different things, different moods, different times in my life. So I'm going to mention a few, like three songs. I think that um, kind of stand out for me. And I mean, I don't, I would say number one, if I was just going to have to pick one, the first one I would say was probably like old time of rock and roll by Bob Seger. Awesome. <laughs> when I was a little kid, I like, I used to put this, we, my parents had records and we had that on record and I used to put it on and they had an awesome stereo system. And I used to put that song on the record. And I would just play it and I would put it on again and I put it on again and I'd put it on. And I would just jump on the couches in the living room, rocking out to the song as a little kid. And I must have been like seven, eight years old, just loving life. I just like, you know, and it was such a like just it made me feel so fucking good. I I just like I just loved it. And my parents would be like, stop jumping on the couch but i would just the moment i could just take a break i would just crank that song and jump and like in a way like as mad as they would get at me they couldn't be mad at me because it's like a little kid that's just like it's infectious you know what i mean when you're that happy just loving a song yeah and like it's so weird why i love that song it's like i almost i kind of like people used to say like you're kind of an old soul because you're like listening to like (laughs) some song that was like made before you were even really born and you're just like and, and i'm and i'm talking about like rock and roll like it's like like i was a part of that which <laughs> i wasn't but like, i i think what i loved about that song was that i really felt like bob seger was talking about something that he loved and and I don't know why I just connected with that so much as a kid. So like, I would just, I, I love that. Um, there's a couple of other songs I want to mention just because like, I feel honorable like, mentions. <laughs> Yeah, honorable mentions, things that have, have made an impact. So the other one I'm going to say is this, this is probably a rare one where maybe not a lot of people have heard the song is called light by John Bryant. And, um, I think it's a really beautiful song It's a great guitar rift. The reason why this one stands out to me so much was because, um, It was like summer Vancouver. I went for this big walk around the city with a buddy and he called it early. He called it early, like early enough. I still wanted to, I just still wanted to like live. I was just having a great day. And I remember I came home and I turned on some music mix and this song came on and I was just laying in my like living room, the sun's coming through the window and this song, like just took me somewhere. It was just like, so, so awesome. I was just like, and I, and, and I love it when you just like hear a song and you just like everything in the world almost stops. And the song seems to last forever. And it's probably only a few minutes of your life, but to me, it felt like, like when I remember it, it's weird. I remember it like hours, but it was really only minutes and so that, that song has to be mentioned just because it had that moment. And then mm-hmm. there was a song that I heard recently, and I just want to kind of bring this one in too because I don't know if anybody's like just thinking of some songs to listen to this one's called don't look back by Kenny McLean. And um, this was like, I was in Alberta this year and it was uh, kind of like right in the beginning of fall. And um, you know, I was just my, like, I was just like big changes were happening and I was moving and I was figuring some things out and this song came on the radio and I remember like, I remember hearing it as a kid, but I hadn't heard it in so long. And it was just like, like it's, I, the reason why I like it is because like, When you like, I've definitely looked back a lot in life and like, you know, reminisced and thought about, oh, you know, this and that and whatever and how things were. And, and it's kind of like, to me in that moment, it was kind of like, you don't need to look back and, and like, like, let those things be, you know, and, and there's, it's kind of emotional, but at the same time, it's like, you're here now and you're moving forward. You know what I mean? Mm. And things, things are not when you remember them back in the day, sometimes I think that we can glorify the past and make it like into something. It really wasn't. And, um, this moment, like I think where I've come to and since that song and like this moment I'm in now and where I've been moving forward, I'm just so grateful for the moment I'm in now as weird as it's been. And as, 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 unexpected as these moments have been in, in this part of my journey. Um, I don't know. It was a moment where I listened to that song and it gave me a bit of a reset and let me just kind of go like, cause I really was enjoying the moment of listening to the song and in a weird way, the song kind of, um, I don't know. It just spoke to me to kind of like, you know, quit revisiting quit quit revisiting. Like, let's, let's take this moment. Let's take these next moments and like, let's like live life you know? And mm. so I don't know why, I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to have that impact on everybody else, but those are my songs. It was, it was hard for me to answer that one because like I, I had to like literally just quickly go into my Spotify and <laughs> these are the songs, you know? Um, not that I planned on that, but those were the, probably the ones that kind of like
1: really nice. Me, I definitely know? jotted some of that down to, to to take a look at. Um, and definitely the Bob Seger that's, that's like, That's awesome. And as they say, rock and roll will never die. (laughs) Right. Um, and I remember actually a time when I was like six or seven years old, I was really into Bob Seger. My folks had like a, had like a Bob Seger greatest hits cassette tape that I used to just listen to all the time. (laughs) And and yeah, old time rock and roll. Um, (laughs) hollywood nights and all that stuff bob seeger had some man he, he made some great music yeah um all right well uh, let's move on so brandon where do you think creativity comes from hey everybody this is evan and this episode is brought to you by my book yes i recently released a book called the actor's awakening connecting spirituality to craft expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective Take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Who asks the question like that? (laughs) Who asks a question like that? What kind of assholes ask a question like that? Well, where does creativity
0: come from? Hmm. Um, let me think for a second here. I really wanted to wait till the moment we got here before I really work these ones out. For me, creativity creativity comes from being present, and then Picking on like letting one little inspiration hit me and then letting my, my imagination run with that. For me, it's so much about just like, there's always a, like for me, I would say there's always a prepared fire. Like there's always this, like, like all the wood is place, everything's always, always there and it's just ready. It's ready to go. And all it takes is just an inspiration and some indulgence in that inspiration and for me creativity it once it ignites it can take me to wild crazy awesome places and it's just a matter of if i'm willing to indulge that inspirational spark when it when it hits and i think they hit all the time and it's just a matter of if i'm like i'm always like like the principles of art and the way to explore these things and the way to even express these things a lot of that stuff's built for me now so that's why i say kind of the 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 fire pit is built but that fire pit doesn't burn until some moment some moment sparks something and i think the the spark i think there's tons of things this is like infinitely like i could be sparked really at any moment and um i would also say I want to mention one other thing, because I think it comes from not just a spark, but that spark becomes more accessible when I'm relaxed and at ease and at peace. And so for me, creativity comes from a place of like a relaxed, at ease, peaceful place, putting myself out into the world somehow, and when a spark hits to let myself just run with that, you know, just let that ignite something and then go with it. And, um, it's amazing when it does. I think sometimes creativity feels a little more inaccessible to me when I let myself get stressed or anxious, or I just let life become overbearing. Um, so I would say it's a combination of that. I think the spark is always out there. Um, but it's about being in a place where you can actually feel like you, you can embrace that creative spark, you know, and, and go with it. And I don't know how it works for everybody else, but for me, uh, it's, it's, it's very much like my visual, um, medium, like, like wh- whatever, like creates visualization for me becomes very potent and very powerful. And like, I can, I can, like, I can just be so entertained with my imagination but i usually find that that it just requires a little bit of spark somewhere and sometimes that spark is almost like unrelated to the thing that i explore in my mind but i but i like to find something outside of myself that that isn't like just internally generated and then the rest becomes internally generated i feel like that combination of a little bit of the outside world combined with my internal world that's where creativity really finds its legs for me. Um, and I don't think that like, I think I could be in a, a room, you could leave me there and I would still use my imagination. I don't think like I have to have that, but when I find inspiration and, and creativity, um, the creativity I think often comes from an external, some type of external thing, letting something enter me, um, you know, have it be a song or a moment or just seeing someone do something out in the world, sometimes watching a movie, anything, just something hits me and I go, okay, w- what could I do with that? And and exploring that is where the creativity really comes from. Me. How about for you, Evan? Oh, where does man. creativity yeah. come from?
1: Yeah, it, it's such an interesting question. Um, because like I whenever I whenever we ask this question of people um, there's this feeling and and now having to answer it for myself but there's always this feeling with this question that it's, it's it's both like it's right there and it's and it's also really far you know like it's like like where do you think creativity comes from is is feels a little bit like you know, fistful of sand to a certain degree because it's like but I, I enjoy that aspect of it. I, I enjoy that it's almost a question that you have to kind of grapple with and that I don't know if there's really a satisfactory answer to it. You know, like that you could just come to just like this is <laughs> this is where creativity comes from. Boom. There you go. Um it it's not like that. It it's kind of shifty. Um But with that said, you know, we talk a lot about creativity on this podcast. Um, And, you know, like that creativity is something that comes from uh, the unknown, you know, from, from, from venturing into this, this unknown space, where does creativity come from? I, I don't know exactly, but, I know that I know that it comes I I know that it's everywhere. I know that creativity is inside of me. I know creativity is outside of me. That creation is happening all around me. Um and it's really uh it's it's truly I mean I think everything that there is you know like i think uh you know we did a podcast on um oh what was that one called um why it feels so good to get creative i i, I really enjoyed that one and and i think by the end of it i i came out with this this thing of of just like well it's the, it's it's what it is man like it's the whole thing creativity is and creation is 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 what this whole thing is is what life is um so it's really a matter of, um, I, I, I think that where it comes from, uh, is, is just like, well, it comes from everywhere. Um, and really the question that we, that, that we wrestle with and that I wrestle with is like, okay, so how do I tap into that? How do I, how do I access that creativity or is that something I even need to really worry about because it's just happening? I don't know. That's a whole other can of worms, but um, where does creativity come, come from? I mean, it comes from everywhere. That seems like a, it seems like a bit of a cop out answer (laughs) when I say it out loud, but um, that's kind of, that's, that's where I'm at with it. Hmm.
0: Well, I mean, what I hear when you say that is that maybe we don't have to look so hard for it. Like maybe it's just about being open enough to seeing it because, you know, I agree with that. I mean, there's, there's times where, I mean, it just really, to me, it is everywhere, but it just depends on what matters to me or to you or to whoever's the creator of what they're doing. Right. Like, like there's so like, we're so abundantly full of creative options, but it's a matter of like,
1: like what hits you? What do you care about? What do you want to, what do you want to explore creatively you know well you know what what you're saying what brings in and i'll maybe add this to the answer but like in terms of a more sort of like where does it come from like everywhere i i still stand by that like because it's every like in it's always present creativity is always present but in terms of how it manifests itself um attention yeah I think really like, it's, it's like, it it comes from wherever we put our attention, right? That's, that's where it will, it will emerge, right? That's how, how we tap into it is, well, what are you putting your attention on?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think like for the artists out there who are looking for, you know, looking to tap into their creativity or just a person trying to look into tap. Yeah. Like just look at like what you want to put attention on it, it, it matters. I mean, that's you're the one that wants to do it. And like, we'll all benefit if you want to share it with us, this thing that you put attention on, you know, and um, maybe we don't know to put attention on to it. And maybe just the fact that you're willing to is what needs to create that art um, or that medium or that building, who knows what you're creating, right? But because you're putting your attention on it, then we all see it after you show us, you know? And so I think, you know, something about this question is coming up for me is like, yeah, like, Maybe with um, where does creativity come from? Maybe it does come from everywhere. And maybe that's the thing is maybe we need to honor our attention more on what we we think matters and what we think we want to explore and um, not looking outside for like, what should I do or what's the right thing to do? But like, what do you want to do? What do you care about? What what matters to you? And, and maybe if you just explored that, you might find that the creativity that you're venturing into is something that really the world needs because no one's putting attention on it, but you, or no one can put it, attention on it the way you can and see it the way you can. And that's why it's so important or hear it the way you can, whatever it might be, you know? So, um, you know, maybe just to like, have a little confidence in the fact that you have a perception unlike anyone else's, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm getting from that. All
1: right. All right next question next question <laughs>
0: all right well
1: how do you find inspiration evan how do i I'd find like to it? know <laughs> how do you find it yeah i mean uh definitely through conversation like i think that that's definitely a reason why we've been podcasting and and we've kept on doing it for for all of these years you know is that um i find these conversations to be inspiring and uh You know, I regularly have them with you, but you know, when I get to have them with, with other people, like it's, um, uh, I relish those opportunities as well. Like, um, I find inspiration in, in talking about what I'm passionate about with other people, talking about what they're passionate about and, um, and connecting with people on that level is definitely, um, a very big thing that inspires me. Um, and also probably just like walks in nature <laughs> 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 walks in nature are probably also a of a, a, you know by myself typically um are, are usually where i find uh it's usually how uh, on a more practical level i guess how i find inspiration yeah mm. Okay. Well, I mean, it can come, it can come from, from other areas too, but I would say like, those are two of the main ones that, that, that it comes from for me.
0: Yeah. I would say for me, nature is a very important part of everything in my life. Uh, You know, I've always just made time to go out into nature, no matter how much in the city I've been. Like I just, and, and I'm, I remember one time I took a bunch of guys out hiking and we're all out there and, They're like, man, I never, I never make enough time. One of the guys was like, I never make enough time to do this. And then just like, man, you're missing out, especially being in BC. Like we have it at our doorstep. We can just go here anytime. And a lot of, a lot of uh, really good friendships that I built, like um, in my life have just been by being like saying to people, Hey, you want to go for a hike? And we just go out and like, um, to me, nature is perfect. It, there is, there is no flaw in nature in, it has its weird kind of like responses, but everything is perfect in response. And it reminds me that everything that I do is perfect in response in nature. You know, like sometimes you see a tree growing out of the side of a mountain and you're just like, yeah, but that's what you had to do, man. That's, 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 and it grows out sideways and then it goes up to the sun, you know, and it's like, um, you know, and there's there's just all sorts of things about nature that I think are a great reminder for us, as far as like, you know, that tree that growing out of the side of a mountain and it grows outward and then up is so beautiful, but it's beautiful in response to where it landed in life, mm-hmm. and so to me, inspiration is a little bit like, I I, I love character driven stories, and I think if I was to pair this back to story, like. I want to tell the story of that tree, but like in a person, you know, like how that person worked through what situation or life they were they were in, and how they decided to find the sun, you know, at some point, they decided it's time to turn and go up, you know? and i I, I think that's a beautiful, it's a beautiful concept. Um, so nature is big for me. I also found that, like for me, inspiration comes a lot from, I like going to like a cafe or like some type of place where people are just hanging out, just being usually in a, in a relaxed atmosphere, talking with friends or just, you know, um, so to me that's a really great place because I find people to be so inspiring when they're relaxed and in their element and they're not really putting anything on, you know? So I, I, it's not so much of the people watching, although I, I might do a little bit of that just out of like kind of fascination, but like it's just being in the in the livelihood of people in their element. And um, I think also like I would say like inspiration can come from getting involved in something that you care about can lead to more inspiration. So like I, mm. I'm a big advocate of if I'm curious about something, let's go down that road of curiosity and it will lead to inspiration. And if it doesn't, I'll go down a new road of curiosity. But I I often find that, you know what? Let me me just pull it down, Evan. I think it comes from curiosity. I think inspiration comes from curiosity. Mm. At the end of the day, I think that's really where it is. If you're willing to look at a tree that's growing on the side of a mountain and see its lineage and be curious about how the hell did that happen, that's inspiration if you're willing to look at somebody, a cafe, you know, it's a mother taking care of her two kids and whatever kids is crying and how she's consoling them and what's happening. And you're curious about that. That can lead to inspiration, you know, and it can lead to a whole life of creativity for you. So I think you just got to be willing to open your eyes and your ears and, and your senses to this world and be curious about, you know, those things and, and see where that takes you. And so Inspiration to me has a lot to do with curiosity at the end of the day. I think that's the best way I can describe it.
1: Yeah, curiosity and allowing yourself to explore that curiosity. Mm-hmm. and uh, you know, <laughs> just listening to what you're saying is like, oh yeah, this has a lot to do with attention as well, right? Yeah. Like it's <laughs> like being curious, putting your attention on things, like, oh, inspiration creativity, you know that like it's like there's this um, this common thread of of um, of attention. Mm -hmm. Um, I just read, I don't know if I'm quoting this exactly right, but I'm pretty sure I'm getting the sentiment correctly, but it was, um, something from one of my favorite philosophers, Krishnamurti, which is that attention, um, real true attention is, is, um, is actually love is an act of love.
0: That's so true. That is so true. You know, something that
1: I mean, I feel like I'm being a little, it is really true. Sorry. Like I just like, you you just saying like, that's true. It's like, it's like, it is true. It is true. Like, it's like, yeah, that is true. Like attention is, is the most loving thing that we can, that we can give anything is our attention. I've,
0: I've had, um, I've had a few friends, um, girlfriends say to me before, like, you make me feel like I'm the only person in the world when we talk. And I really like, that really is true. Like when I'm talking, when I'm really talking to someone, to me, they are the only person in the world. They're the only person that exists. I think that was something that was encouraged to me through acting. And actually, you know, I'll throw a tribute out to Matthew Harrison, who was an acting teacher of mine. Um, And uh, he really helped me with that. But I remember him used to say this, he used to say this in acting. He's like, nothing you say matters. Everything they say is like, everything like he used mm-hmm. to say something in that sentiment. And so when I am with somebody, I really try to tune out the whole rest of the world. And it becomes all about just listening and connecting and being with that person. And, and people really do appreciate it when you really listen and you really, you really try to like, it's not even trying. It's just like, because it comes to a point where you're just being with them, but it's full attention. And some, I, I would also say that it's uh, like a state. For me, it's also a state of focus, and I learned this through writing. Where I, what I used to do was I used to actually go down to the cafe um, <laughs> to JJ Bean. Remember, we used to go to JJ Bean oh, yeah. all the time. But I used to go down to JJ Bean, really busy corner. Everybody's bustling, getting their coffee, and I used to put myself right in the middle of everybody. And sometimes next to people who are having a really deep conversation and I just test myself, can I write and just be so focused on my writing that the rest of this world becomes like muted and I could, and I developed that skill and it it was my focus state. And I can get to the point where I get so focused. I literally forget about time. I forget about the rest of the world. I'm just with my writing and my story. And um, I think that transmuted a certain skill with people because I can be with people and totally forget that we're even in a public environment. And like, it, it's not that I forget, it's like, it just doesn't matter anymore. And so I would agree, it is a form of love, because to me, that is the most powerful way you can really be with somebody is to be fully with them 100%. And what a greater gift you could ever give somebody or somebody could give you to literally be there as fully as possible with you for at least a moment you know, so I really do think like love has a lot to do with that, you know? And I mean, it's like, I think we get confused about love sometimes, you know, just, well, I can go on this tangent if you'll indulge me, but, um, love doesn't have to always be this, like, I'm in love with this person. We're going to be together forever. It doesn't have to be that Mm -hmm. love can be in a moment where you can look at somebody and be like, you know, I love this person right now. And it doesn't mean that you're going to, walk away and, and you might never even see that person, but in that moment, you can really see that person to just like love their humanity. Because at the end of the day, the thing I've learned about love is like, we all kind of are each other. Like we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. We're all in the human struggle. And as fucked up as someone might be, or as you might be, or whatever, we're all really, we're just little kids and grown up bodies trying to do mm-hmm. this shit out. You know, and there there are beautiful things in people and they might not have the ability to demonstrate that all the time, but there are moments where you can see just real beauty in people, even if you don't really like love them as a person and you find it difficult to be around them. There's still these moments where you can just be like, you know what? Deep, deep down, you're a really beautiful person underneath underneath all the ego, underneath all the bullshit. And if you can give people your full attention and focus for a moment, sometimes you get to see that. And I really think that is an act of love because not everybody's going to be willing to give somebody that chance to show that deeper truth. And who knows? I mean, maybe maybe by just giving that person that full attention, maybe you give them the chance to bring that out to the world because maybe they just never felt safe or accepted like they could. You know, maybe that's a little idealistic and dreamy, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I think maybe it's possible.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Oh, that's great, man. That's great. All are we right. on to the next question? I think we are onto the next question. is it me going first? Yeah, it should be you, I think. On this one? Okay. Yeah, it is you. Um, so the next one, if memory serves me, is um what would we tell her what what would I tell my childhood self? Yeah. Oh yeah, now it gets into the real nitty-gritty, right? Um yeah. uh I think I would tell I would tell my childhood self to to trust myself. I would say trust yourself. Um trust your trust your instincts, trust um trust your ideas, trust the trust the um trust the goodness of them trust the, be- the the beauty of your ideas um don't be um, don't let what others are doing make you doubt yourself trust yourself yeah that's that's what i would that's i think what i would say
0: yeah. I'm sure we could all benefit from that.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think in many ways, you know, like it's this, uh, I think that's a big part of this, uh, this podcast, right. Yeah. Like in, in many ways, when I'm thinking about it, it's just like a, one of the, a lot of the things that we say here is like, yeah, yeah. Trust yourself, trust, trust your path, right. Mm-hmm. Listen to the wisdom of others and, 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 uh, you know, we we can't do it alone, but you know you only you can can know your path, right? Mm. So that kind of thing. So there's that element of trust in there. So but yeah, yeah, no, I think that's what I would uh what would it, it would probably come down to. Mm. Well, when I tell my child itself, let's see. Mm. I mean, I know that you always, you know, and to, to a large degree uh, with a lot of the things that you say on, on, on the podcast, you know, is through that, uh, is through that lens, that filter of like, what would, what would, what would me as like a 16 year old, you know, really benefit from hearing or something like that. And like, I know that that's something that helps you kind of frame certain things, but So Mm -hmm. in many ways, you're, you're probably definitely talking to your, to your younger childhood self in many occasions, but I guess to boil it all down, you know, like what's, what would, what would it all come down to?
0: Yeah. You know, um, you know, yeah, I think that's part of the reason why I like coach and stuff because I really like, I want, I want people to, I want people to know what's possible because I know for me, like, had I not taken charge of certain things in my life, I, like it could have gone down a really, could have been a really bad path. Like there's definitely, there's, there's always the option to just be a victim, but I, but I didn't choose that path and and I'm proud of that. Um, you know, as, as, as hard as things were at times, but, you know, I would say like be unapologetic about what, what it is you want to do, what it is you want to create and who it is that you're becoming in this world. And I would say like, don't do it, but don't do it like for anybody else, but you don't do it to be liked. Don't do it to be loved. You're already liked. You're already loved. You already matter. And I don't know if my younger self could have heard this, but I would have done my absolute best to try to convince them that they mattered because so much of my younger years, I just didn't think I mattered. I didn't think that I, like, it wasn't even about not being good enough. I just didn't. It just didn't. I just felt kind of like invisible in the world. And it wasn't until later in life that I realized I was having such a big impact on people and that I was actually influencing their lives and their decisions and things like that. And, um, you know, for better or for worse too, because I think, you know, I would have, if I would have known I mattered as much as I did, I also would have been more mindful of certain things that I said or did, recognizing that my actions impacted people. And not to say that I would have been like, oh, I need to take care of everybody because that's not what I would have, that's not what I would have done, but that I just would have been more, more precious with people, knowing that I, that I actually mattered, because I, because I thought I didn't matter. I think sometimes I did things that were sometimes careless. And I just didn't think that it actually, I didn't think anybody cared. I didn't think it mattered in their life. And I think as I've gotten older, I realized, oh, well, maybe that did have more of an impact on somebody than I realized. So like, um, if I knew that people cared more if I knew that I that I mattered more if I had kind of not been struggling with that so much I think that I think that I could have been a little bit better about how I how I went through the world and what I did because so much of my life was trying to prove that I mattered and it was like it was silly because I did I did matter and I just didn't know I mattered and like it was like a pointless pursuit you know to try and matter like when you already matter, it's like what, what are you trying to do like you' you're doing nothing. you're spinning your wheels doing nothing. Mm. like so I would say like to my younger self it's like, listen, you already matter. you matter so much more than you even you can even recognize. and whether you know it or not, people notice you when you're around. They notice what you do. they notice what you say. these things matter. So every word you say, every action you take, do it like it matters because it actually does. And, and, you know, I think that I would have spent a little less time trying to matter and I would have just gotten down to doing some of the stuff. And also I would have been able to be a little bit better with the people that were around me because I think there's something really kind of destructive about trying to matter to people because it's like, you don't believe that you matter to them when you actually do. You know what I mean? And man, I like, I'll just say one other thing. I, you know, I've been cleaning house and going through a bunch of old stuff and like I pulled out some old letters that people have written me and I was like, fuck, I didn't, (laughs) I couldn't even recognize that I mattered to this person so much. They write me these heartfelt letters and like, you know, I was just so like, I just had my insecurities and like lack confidence, I suppose in that, you know, for whatever reasons, but like childhood reasons, maybe you're, you know, maybe a bit ignored, whatever, but like, if I would have just heard that, if I could have just got that message early, it would have saved me so much, just so much bullshit. <laughs> so like, if I was to tell, tell my younger self or anybody out there, Like if you feel invisible right now or you feel like you just don't matter or like it doesn't, I'm going to tell you something. You fucking matter so much. You have no idea. You just, you can't even fathom how important it is that you're here. And, and I know that you might not be getting the, the, the response back or the recognition back or whatever, but like your presence makes a massive impact in this world. And The sooner that you begin to accept that and you embrace that, the sooner you're going to start to see that you can apply yourself and make incredible movement in this world. And I think most of the time, I don't think I was alone in that struggle. I think a lot of people feel like they don't matter. And so they just think like what they do doesn't matter. And so they'll go home, they'll watch TV, they'll sit alone. They don't call anybody, they don't do anything. They'll have a drink. They'll do these things. They'll maybe say something they shouldn't have said. And they do that because they don't think it matters. And the moment you start realizing the shit matters, you watch what you say, you watch what you do, you, these things become like important things. So if I could have learned that earlier, I could have just got on with some things instead of like bullshitting around, thinking that things I was doing weren't mattering. And it would have just given me a lot more connectivity to everybody else too, which I think would have been important. So I would say that was probably the number one thing I would say to my childhood self, like like in in a nutshell, you matter. This is why you need to know that. And this is what you need to do, knowing that.
1: Yeah. Some good stuff, some good stuff to pass along. My I wanted it to come to me in the moment, Evan. And so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And final question. What would your future self tell you now? <laughs> well, uh, my future self, let's see.
0: I think that my future self would tell me, wow. Hmm. You know, uh, I think my future self would tell me, like, You know, it's, it's all going to work out like, you know, where you are right now is, is perfect. And, and, you know, there's, there's so many things that you had to learn to get to this point that you're in now and where this is going to lead you and what's going to happen is, is so awesome and so positive. So keep your head up and keep focusing on where, you know, where you're going. Um, you know, I think my, my future self would kind of like, tell me to like, you know, don't, don't worry about the little things that seem to be, that seem to be challenging or not going right or not going to plan that this is all, this is actually all a part of it. This is what you needed. This is what you're going to need to learn. And I think my future self would also remind me, it's like, you know, all great stories have valleys and pits that you have to walk through. And usually the story only gets good when you hit the pit, when you hit the valley, you know, that's when the story is going to start getting good. Mm. So whenever you find yourself in a pit or a valley or some kind of low moment or challenging moment, remember that that's that's when you're going to learn. That's when the story is going to start getting good. That's when you're going to start changing and evolving. And, um, you know, these pits and these valleys, these challenging moments, they're the only reason why you will change. They're the only reason why you'll, you know, why you'll get through, you know, to, to, to where you're meant to go. So just plan on it. You know, I think my future, so just plan on it. You're going to go through some valleys and some pits and there's more to come. There's a lot more to come, but they're not the end of the world. You're not going to be stuck there. They're all going to be temporary and they're all going to be an opportunity to grow and learn and evolve. And so when they come, instead of fighting them or resisting them or getting upset about them, just embrace it. And try to be like, hey, what's this for? And let's uh, let's let's try and enjoy the the challenge of working through this thing, you know, because it's leading to a good thing. And, um, you know, I think that's what my future self would would try to remind me of because I think sometimes when I get into these like these pit moments, I just I just forget that. I think everybody does. You know, I think we get into these moments that are just challenging and we're like, oh, my God, why the hell this and why is this happening and what the hell is going on here? And, uh, you know, if story has taught me anything, not just fictional, but like real life story has taught me anything. It's that these harder moments are usually the moments that lead to the best things. And, uh, you know, they always pass. So I think it would
1: I think my future self would probably tell me something like that. Mm. I feel like what's coming to me is something I think is that's kind of similar, Um, but just like a different language, I guess. And it's almost like my future self channeling Alan Watts. But uh, (laughs) I think my future self would say, um, remember, it's not serious yeah it's like it's not serious you don't have to be so serious like it's just like it's it's not Mm. none of it's serious um yeah and you know it's like it's as we're like asking this question one thing that occurred to me is because we don't ask this question but I think it's an interesting one as well and and so like I guess this is almost like a bonus question um in some regards but I in terms of there's a relationship that i see between that th- this question i'm about to ask and and the one that we've just been answering but i thought oh well what would what would our child he- what would our childhood selves tell us now you know i think that's an interesting question as well right thinking like oh what would we tell our child what our future self tell us now you know it's kind of flowing in this one only in one direction in a in a kind of way right it's always looking back but it's like well what about your childhood self talking to you now like like in the future and i was thinking about that and i thought it's like um i just thought my childhood self would tell me just like just like have fun (laughs) have more fun and in a way i'm like oh yeah my childhood self is telling me to have more fun my future self is saying it's not serious it's kind (laughs) of like the same thing right in in a different way it's like have fun it's not serious right um so yeah i think that i think those are those that's sort of where i'm coming out with this i but i'm curious now because i want to i want to know for you what would your childhood self tell you now brandon
0: yeah, my child bonus round question <laughs> my childhood self would probably say something similar. Um and you know, I'd say like they'd probably tell me to be like to, to be more playful and to um you know and to and to to just go for it, you know, like let's do these things, you know, like I think like my childhood self would probably be kind of enamored with the idea that I could go do the things that it wants to do or that they, that that I would have wanted to do back then. So my child itself say like, like we can do this. So let's just go do it. Like, let's not like, like be spontaneous. Just like, you know, just, just go and like and do this thing you want to do. Like you can do it. Like the only thing stopping you now is like, you know, is just whatever kind of weird adult responsibility or some nonsense you think you're, you have, like, I don't, I don't know if my younger self would be able to articulate it that way, but the sentiment Mm -hmm. would essentially be like, like you want to do this and you can do it. So you have no reason not to go do it. So go do it, you know? And, and, and I think that
1: (laughs) my little self would be a little motivator, yeah, <laughs> it's like, but I don't yep. understand. Why can't we just do it? Yeah, <laughs> well, because we've got to, you know, we've got to have this and, we gotta, and it's just like, but do we have to like, yeah, why can't totally. we just go and do it? <laughs> well, I guess you got me there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something good about that, you know, is to is to look at life without, without so much, um, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out, you know, I, I think that's a good reminder. Cause like when I was younger, I, you know, I would go do things and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have it all figured out. I really trusted that I would figure it out along the way. And so, um, you know, I think uh, moving forward from this, this episode, I would say, you know, maybe something even to take into this new year. It's just like, just go for it and trust that you'll, you know, you, the path will appear as you take the steps and you'll get what you need along the way. You'll figure it out as you go. Um There's no amount of, uh, planning and preparation that will ever make you feel ready. Um, if you want it, do it. And you know, life is always, you know, you never really know, you know, you know, it's a reminder to, you never really know if you have tomorrow, you, you don't, so mm-hmm. you might as well do it today. And I, I think that's something that I always try to remind myself of. So, you know, as we go through this conversation, yeah, that's something that I would say is, uh, is an important reminder is like, uh, yeah, but I, you know, I think it comes down to that, man. I really do think the law of play, you know, it's one that we talk about, but this Mm -hmm. whole idea of just have fun and be playful, like goof around a little bit. Don't take it so seriously, you know? Um, I think it's so important and I think it's just such an overlooked thing, you know? Yeah. And maybe some people, you know, they're they're good with it, but like it's one of those things I think for myself, I can definitely say it's like, yeah, like just go back to just have fun, just play, just don't worry about it. Don't take it so serious, you know? Um, and I, I know that's always helpful whenever I do it. It always, it always works out really well. It's Mm -hmm. like, why don't you just do that as like your thing, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, beer. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap this one up. Uh, I'm drinking today the, uh, half moon pale ale from batch 44 brewery in Sechelt, BC, just a short jaunt away from, uh, from my home. And, uh, it's, it's great stuff. They make fantastic beer over there at batch 44 and, uh, yeah, nice, easy drinking, but sort of, uh, just, just great, great flavor, you know, that's nothing too crazy, but it still gives you something. It gives the taste buds a little something. So that's what I'm enjoying for this conversation. Brandon, what have you got? Nice. I think
0: we've, we must have had this. I mean, we probably both had this one at some point. Uh, this is Steamworks Pale Ale. And it's such a good beer, man. It just goes down so easy. <laughs> I'm like it's... partway through this podcast, I was like, am I going to run out of beer? Like, I was <laughs> like, it's going through it, going through it quick here. Um, no, it's a good beer. I, i'm always kind of delightfully surprised by that beer um the pale ale
1: that they have it's just a solid one steamworks you know they do some great beer and they are one of the like original craft brewers in in vancouver you know mm-hmm. before craft beer was like a big thing they were doing it <laughs> yeah totally so yeah
0: all right. Well, let's, uh, let's just close off with some final thoughts about, you know, maybe anything, any
1: insights that we might've had of this one and call it a day. Yeah. I mean, I, I, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. You know, it was, a, I really enjoyed, uh, going through these questions and putting ourselves through the rigmarole that we put <laughs> our guests through, um, in these, in, in these discussions, it really opened up a lot of, uh, things that I didn't expect it it went a little bit deeper than I thought it was going to go and so that's always a really nice surprise and and for me uh coming out of this one is uh I I'm just always so stunned um at every single time I am shown just how huge attention is like just how much attention is like everything <laughs> like it's I, I I'm i I've been saying for a long time you know Brandon I've been saying for a long time attention is magic you know like it's one of the most incredible magic tricks that we have but it's like it's it's just even it's always so baffling to me when I discover just how much more magic it is than than I realized like today it was like whoa, like attention is creativity. Attention is inspiration. Attention is is the greatest, Um, is basically love. It's the most loving thing that you can do. And that really resonated for me, like, because it's interesting because I read this thing a little while ago, you know, and um, I don't think I really considered it. Yeah, you know, I didn't really actually pay attention to it. I I sort of was like, "Oh yeah, you know, like just kind of surface level," but then just in in opening it up as part of the conversation, just being like, "Wow, no, like because attention is really in so many regards the only thing that we have to give truly. Mm-hmm. You know, in so in so many regards like it's the fundamental thing that we give is mm-hmm. our attention. And therefore it's like our most important currency and and whatever we put our attention to is is really in essence like what we're putting our love into what are we putting our love onto where we and and so it's it's even bigger than i thought before and i already thought it was big Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's really what what i'm walking away with in this one is just um how much attention is is more of the this equation of life not equation but how much more it is of this this you know life that we have and and uh and i i have a, a i suspect it has a lot to do with uh with napoleon hill's think and grow rich um as you were mentioning as your as your uh the the most important book you've ever read um, so I'm definitely going to look for a copy of that because I feel like that's, um, that's something I, I want to put my attention into right now. And, uh, and it's just interesting thinking about your attention as love and like, what are you going to put your love into what your attention, your love almost as a synonymous thing. So I'm just rambling now at this point. Um, so that's, uh, I'll leave it there. Brandon, what, uh, what, what's, what sticks out for you? Well, I, I'll i say I agree with
0: you. I mean, I think that was one of the big things that the big takeaways from this talk is we do come back to this idea of attention, but there was some interesting insights that came out of attention and why it's important and and how it serves us. And it makes me think a little bit about how we split our attention a lot and how it's so easy to do that where we're kind of not present. We're thinking about other things we're we're not really there. And, you know, I think attention is magic. Well, it can be magic and you can actually dilute it quite a bit. If you're not, if you're not really recognizing how powerful it can be used. And actually, yeah, you know, you mentioned it thinking, grow rich is a lot about attention. It's a lot about putting your attention in the right way for you and being And just being mindful about how you're using it because when you do it when you do it in in a way where it's like aligned great things happen and it is magical you feel like you're doing a magic trick when you apply what think and grow rich kind of suggests and uh it's extremely powerful uh it's extremely powerful thing so I think what I'm kind of recognizing too, is maybe we don't realize how much our attention actually matters and and why it's so important to, to give it fully to things at times and to not let it get so diluted. I suppose the other, the other kind of takeaway that I would have is kind of like, I mean, I guess I'll just reiterate kind of what we came to at the end, but it's like, I think being a little bit playful and having more fun and not taking things so serious in life is just such an important thing to try to embrace as an adult, because I just think it just gets really hard to do because life has these ways of sucking you into a bunch of bullshit. you know, <laughs> And, uh, yeah. So I mean, like, I'm going to probably be more mindful about my attention moving forward, but I'm also going to be mindful about just how I can just be more playful and have more fun and and relax and, um, you know, and, and just let that part of me kind of dominate more in my life. And maybe like, uh, instead of looking to maybe even looking to my future self for the answers is like looking to my younger self, because I think in some ways my younger self actually had a lot of the answers. (laughs) You know, when I think about that little kid, just jumping on the couch, listening to like old time, rock and roll by Bob secret. I'm just like, man, you had it right. (laughs) That's that's (laughs) how life should be, man. You should be bouncing off the walls, listen to a song you love and just being like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm going to like, I'm just like, and, and how infectious it was when I was a little kid, how everybody just kind of like wanted to play along and laugh along with me because like, how can you be pissed off (laughs) at a kid? That's just so happy. You know what I mean? Like you have to be a real fucker (laughs) to not be happy about that. And I mean, I know that there's a certain amount of like, don't be careless. You know, don't break people's stuff. Don't do any of that. But like, um, you know, I think like kind of bringing that sense of myself. I mean, I know it's still in there. I just don't think it gets it gets the the stage as much as maybe it should. So I think walking away, I'm gonna like I'm gonna look at that. Maybe how I can just kind of um, kind of indulge in that a little bit more, because I think there's a lot of answers in in that idea.
1: Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.